When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 128 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lock at your boy Tank on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to say, it redirects. I'm here joining that Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Basketball's back. I don't need to say anything else. You are not wrong as we're recording this. Uh, before we, well, before we're recording this, women's basketball is, kicking, is tipping off in an hour. Uh, plenty of coverage on that on the Thursday show. But we are here to talk in a second about Auburn men's basketball because I am so happy that we have another big-time sport to talk about outside of, <laughs> outside so of football it. for a little bit. But just to get right into football, Hugh Freeze had his press conference today to preview – the Arkansas game that'll kick off at 3 o'clock p.m. on Saturday in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in Razorback Stadium. And it's going to be one of the games of all time. I don't know how this game got a 3 o'clock kick. Uh, this is back-to-back weeks, right? The Auburn should have been an 11 a.m. like lock. You know that Auburn wound up getting out this whole season with only one 11 a.m. kickoff. Which is wild. Absolutely bizarre. It helps, it helps playing like nationally ranked teams against against some teams that you also, expect to. It's also helped that in every game except for LSU, Auburn's been competitive. Like Very that, true. That has played to its favor throughout the entire year. Yeah, and another team that's been a little bit competitive with some other teams is Arkansas. I mean, losing to Alabama by three points, uh, beating Florida in overtime. And I don't think Florida's that good of a team. And of course, Florida's I believe not they, a bowl game, anyways. Yeah, Florida's losing out. Uh, this is their one other. This is their most winnable game left on their schedule for the Florida Gators. But I, don't, I actually don't think they're going to fire Napier. I've been hearing too much stuff about them not firing him. Yeah, I think they're going to hold on to him for one more. Yeah, uh, no, no results next year. Then, but yeah, uh, Hugh Freed has come out, and Tara, I'll let you start off with some of your thoughts on this and to talk about and preview this game and just kind of talk about what he saw from the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, let's let's start by looking back at the Vanderbilt game. And, and Hugh Freeze kind of addressed uh, the inconsistencies in the passing game. And, I mean, at one point, Peyton Thorne hit a, hit a receiver in, right in the chest, and they took it to the house. Unfortunately, um, that receiver was wearing a black shirt, not a white shirt. Um, and just kind of an up-and-down game uh, for the Auburn offense, at least through the air. And actually, as a, as a holistic, from a holistic standpoint. But Hugh Freeze said, we were both frustrated, and we talked openly, just referring to him and Peyton Thorne. Uh, they never uh, said that they needed a certain volume of throws. That they're, uh, you know, they're good football teams to finish the game. If you have stats, twelve for nineteen, sixteen for nineteen, it's not about volume for them, um, and it's about executing what the plan is and executing it well. 
Uh, I thought that was really kind of interesting, and it really does show that Hugh Freeze is standing by Thorne. Once again, um, I'll be honest with you, Dylan. If I if Robbie Ashford took a snap on Saturday, I didn't see it. Um, not one. Not one. Um, and he's really committing to the let's go with one guy kind of thing. I think it does help, does play to your advantage. Uh, that that stuck out to me. Uh, and then you look at uh, the you know talking about the the offense as a whole. Um, this is the direct quote: "We played with confidence and swagger last week, and I'm, I'm uh, certain that was referring to um, Mississippi State." A pretty good first half, got off to a fast start. We were optimistic about some of the explosive plays. Now it's a friend of Vanderbilt. I felt good about our chances. We had some explosive plays, but it should have been more, and that's correct. Uh, there are, we're, the more we are successful at doing that, the more confidence, more swagger our kids play with. I thought that was kind of a, kind of deflecting the fact that, um, I mean, Auburn just didn't look all that sharp offensively against uh, Vanderbilt. They did at moments, and then in other moments they didn't. Um, and I have it on the rundown here for us to discuss. Um but uh, I mean, there were bright spots and bright individuals, but also at the same time, it just it felt like it lacked substance. Uh, and and I kind of felt like Hugh Freeze was just a little bit of avoiding that this week. And I mean, how can you not? Right. Like it turned, you got the W, get out of Nashville, um, enjoy Broadway and then go home. Uh, I get it. Um, I, I, I was on the same page. Um, but uh, that that being said, those are the those were the two real things that really stuck out, stuck out to me. Um, he mentioned uh, his his collaboration on the play calling, which was like, okay, I mean, yeah, you, you have to touch on that at least make people uh, feel better. Um, and then he, you know, obviously talked about his um, his his reflecting upon his last trip to Fayetteville as the head coach of Liberty, um, and the fact that Fayetteville, Arkansas, has not always been very kind uh, to to Hugh Freeze led teams, and Fayetteville, Arkansas, is not very kind to a lot of teams because Arkansas, no matter how much they reek. Um, it's not a huge home field advantage unless the Hogs are good, and then it is a big home field advantage when the Hogs are when the Hogs are even like a six win team. Like that fan base is there. Um, I don't fault them at all for those awful years of he who must not be named. I won't even bring it up. Um, but uh, I thought that was interesting. I am firmly in the this game is a toss camp right now, um, and I think that Hugh Freeze understands that. So that's that's what I took away from this um, on on this Monday reading the transcript, not being able to watch it live per usual. So Dylan, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, going back, I mean, he talked about some of the bright spots of this game was the fact that the linebackers played very well. And I think that's true. You saw complete games from Eugene Asante and of course, uh, Alston Keyes who came out and played very well. Uh, I didn't see a lot of Larry Nixon. I don't believe I heard his name called very much. Uh, Cam Rowley got half of the sack in. So good on him for getting on the stat sheet in a positive way. Uh, I didn't see Wesley Steiner at all. I don't think, or I didn't hear his name get called uh, at all. So that's that's always a plus. Uh, but overall, I think, and we'll talk we'll touch on this a little bit later. Uh, just getting ready to preview Arkansas. Uh, I just the offense, the the blocking has not been there. Uh, and Freeze touched on that, saying his point of protection all around the offensive line versus Vandy, including running backs. Uh, whenever. Outside of those large runs that Jarquez Hunter got, the the run blocking fell flat on and on and on again. Like if, yep. if Jarquez Hunter wasn't going for 15 plus, he was not getting very far past the line of scrimmage if, if he even got to the line of scrimmage at times. Right. So that, that's an issue that needs to be fixed. Arkansas's defense by proxy is better than Vanderbilt's. And you're really going to have to hammer it in that you need to fix some of this stuff, especially because I don't know if they all watched the LSU Alabama game, but. Alabama, not as bad as they used used to be at their other parts this year. 
Uh, oh, they've gotten better every single game. Oh, uh, yeah, they have. Uh, and I hate to say that Jalen Milrow has been playing like a top 15, top tw- not top 15, top 12, top 10 quarterback in college football right now. And that, that hurts me to say. Uh, but you're not going to be able to have an offense that falls flat on and on and on again. Auburn was four for 15 on third down conversions. And that's abysmal. And I mean, so, talking about what he free said, he's been involved in the play calling. I definitely think that's the case. Uh, I see a lot less and less of, of Phil Montgomery plays getting called. Uh, and I think that's kind of easing into what we're going to see probably at the end of the season, uh, a news, a news bulletin that might come out of Auburn, Alabama, right after the end of the season, uh, that one of the coordinators get let go. Uh, especially just, and I just think that's gotta be fixed. You got to fix the drops, got to fix the blocking. Uh, and you got to convert on third down. Right. It's uh, it's, it's getting painful to watch week in week out. And I don't know how we, we neglected to to mention probably the, the most interesting and petty quote of this entire uh, entire press conference. I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, Hugh Freeze mentioned when, when he was asked about how Peyton Thorne reacted to that pick six that he did throw straight into the numbers of a DB. Um, he said, I love him. Uh, he said, Coach, I swear I just didn't see him. So what do you say to that? Play the next play? He had no excuse. It wasn't, I read the coverage wrong. It wasn't, Coach, I did I, uh, It was – just coach, I didn't just didn't see the guy. And I said, What do you we always say? Don't throw blind. You got it. Don't throw blind. I mean, it happens to the best of them. He hasn't shown that it's his MO just to fling the ball to the flat with coverage standing there. He owned every bit of it. I said, Bro, my media guys told me to throw it when we were backed up. Bro, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do that, you kind of got to protect me, man. I said to myself, that's why you run and the ball and punt. So Hugh Freeze did get his little pettiness back. Really weird timing. Because you can't make an example out of anything against Vanderbilt, but um, that's fine. Uh, I I think my biggest takeaway, um, and we'll talk about grading our Vanderbilt win, uh, the win over Grant Vanderbilt for Auburn here in just a second. We can actually kind of go and trans- transition over there if you're ready. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway is, I mean, Vanderbilt is just an abysmal football team. I mean, like, like they are, no matter how bad Clark Lee wants to convince people that they, they can be something, I just don't think they can be. Um I don't know what it takes there. Um, and maybe, maybe it takes a Brent key. Maybe that's it because the admission standards are that high and it is tough to keep people in school at Vanderbilt because it's tough for non-student athletes to stay in school at Vanderbilt. So that, that might be it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll switch over to our grades for Auburn's victory over Vanderbilt. We had a lot of people guess really close to the score. I thought my score was going to happen for a second there, Dylan. Oh, mine was very, I had 30 to 13 and it was 31 to 15. I had 34-17. Yeah. I mean, everyone – I'm sure – we have to go through the comments, but I promise we'll do it on Thursday. I, I, I found it. I got oh, one. You found it. I'm say, I guarantee yep. we got one. Uh, Auburn Vandy prediction winner at golf underscore WDE, 31-13. to 13. That's pretty damn Just good. Off by two points. A very, very close. I, everyone pretty much had this one in the bag. It was 30 or something in the teens. That was, that was pretty much the this- same thing. This one Vegas got right too. I mean, that was pretty much spot on. You add a couple points yeah. in Auburn's favor, but when they opened the line, those guys in in, in that and uh, excuse me, Las Vegas, they got that got that one right because that was that was pretty spot on for for that projection, and it really didn't surprise a ton of us. Um, I'll go ahead and open it up with my grades. Let you close it out with your grades, and we'll flip over to way too early thoughts on Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you right now, um, offense gets a C plus for me just because they hung, hung 31. Um, if you hang 29, I'm giving you a C flat. 
Um, you hang 31 on an SEC team. I've been begging for that for weeks. I specifically have been begging for that for weeks. Um, C plus on the, on the, on the offensive side of the ball, B flat, um, just a normal regular old B grade for the defense. Um, and give me a B minus, um, B minus as a team. I think that's how that would average out anyways. So I'm going to give go B minus as a team. You won the ball game. Uh, that's the most important mission, literally any game you play. Um, you wanted to see a lot more from this Auburn offense. I think a lot of people early in the game, I mean, I looked at my girlfriend and said, Auburn, if they continue to play this way, we can hang 40-plus on this team. Um, and they didn't. Um, and I thought there were ample opportunities for Auburn to do so, and they did not. Uh, the receiving core looked god-awful. Um, the run blocking, as you mentioned, fell flat. I was not not mesmerized. Um, good for Jeremiah Cobb for getting in there. Um, good for him. Another touchdown for him. Uh, there were there were bright spots. Nehemiah, I, I said it for the game. There's your time to get your pick. Nehemiah went and got his pick. Um, I was kind of impressed with how much of that game I kind of manifested, but it was also pretty much of a layup game to manifest. I really wish you would have manifested a little bit more points on the board. Um, I, well, I what I say, I straight up didn't think that this offense is going to score forty on a single SEC team. Um, and I, I I've been sticking true to that gun to those guns. Um, most importantly, you got out of Nashville with a W. And um, shout out to the Auburn fans. That stadium is orange and blue. You can hear the Auburn Tigers chant from one side of the stadium to the other, um, which I know that's not like unique. Um, and uh, I guess my closing thought there is I did see a couple of Auburn fans saying like um, on like Instagram, which is always an interesting place to go to the comment sections if you ever get bored, um, <laughs> about like Auburn fans clowning Vanderbilt for letting Auburn take over their their stadium. Um, no, it's objectively really funny. Vandy, Vandy athletes do deserve better, um, but they can only just point fingers at their their boosters and, and fan base for that. So, um, yeah, uh, overall, it was a success in Nashville. I mean, you won, and your defense played, I think, decently good football. Um, but I, I, I'm just not at all confident about this Saturday after seeing the fact that we're never going to see four quarters out of this offense. Yeah, and that, that goes into my grade. I I gave them a straight-up a C. Uh, just bare bones in the middle of everything. You left several points off the board. The drops were abysmal. The penalties getting called – plays getting called back. Just time after time after time after time and after time after time. So they got a C for me just strictly because just all of those reasons. I just think we just saw – two quarters worth of this offense and then the other two was kind of just meh so they got a secret for me defense gets a b plus uh saying the defensive line the and the linebackers kind of really start hammering in that they are an important part of this defense secondary i think played very well uh dj james had himself a good game uh we need really needed that uh explosive plays did come about uh but not enough for them to get Anywhere, I believe they only put up what ten points from the offense. Or did they go for two? They how did they, they get fifteen? Okay, they went for two. So only really gave up like eight points, which isn't bad. They also, I don't know if you remember this, had an incredibly good two point play drawn up for that. Oh yeah, yeah they did. That was an. I, I looked at Abby and I was like, that was an unbelievably good play call. And if Auburn screws around and gives them the ball back. I'm not confident that if that's if that's not their 1A two-point play, I'm really interested to see what Clark Lee has up in that bag. Yeah, but only giving up eight points. Uh, and, of course, the, D, the offense gave up another – gave up the other touchdown. 
Uh, I was gonna give him a B plus, which kind of averages out to the same as yours, a B minus. Uh, you you got to win. Uh, and I like to—I don't like to say a win is a win, but whenever it's a double-digit win, it is a win. So yeah, going into Arkansas, I feel the kind of the same way you do. I, I don't feel fully confident in this game, especially if it was in Auburn. I might bug a little bit, but with it being in Fayetteville, that dramatically uh, lowers my confidence levels going into this game. Which gets us into our way too early thoughts on the Razorbacks. Uh, Arkansas, of course, a three and six, uh, and they are, I believe, yeah, one and five in the SEC. KJ Jefferson having himself uh, one of the seasons of all time. Uh, Eighteen hundred yards from him, sixteen touchdowns, eight interceptions, has been sacked thirty-six times. And then he's also the leading rusher with two touchdowns and 292 yards on the ground for Mr. KJ. It's averaging 2.3 yards a carry. Uh, wide receivers, they have one guy, Andrew Armstrong, who's been very good. Uh, four touchdowns, 623 yards from him. And this defense has been pretty solid all around. They have 25 sacks and they've forced eight interceptions and have forced and got five home recoveries. So pretty decent all around for, for the Arkansas defense. But the Arkansas offense is going to be the talking point, I believe, of the week. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the, the 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 big circle, right? Is uh, whose offense is going to let be less mid on on Saturday, or less uh, or closer to mid? Maybe maybe is the word I'm looking for. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of question marks here. Um, first off, uh, I'm I'm going to just step away from the X's and O's and just talk about the fact that Auburn's just not been impressive on the road at all, at all, at any given point. I include this past weekend on the road. I think that moves Auburn to what? Who's here? Uh, they have two wins on the road. Three. Three. Right. Cal. Two and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. You're right. Yeah, so they're, what, two and three on the road? Uh, where's the other? They only have three. They've only done three away games. As, All right. Is that the case? They only have... Five, Auburn, only oh, L- I forgot LSU. LSU, and um, so the two and two, two and two on the road. They've, they've Georgia been, and Ole Miss were in Auburn. Yeah, great. And those two wins were underwhelming wins, so I don't feel great about that in the first place. And two, you, you add on top of the fact that if Auburn beats Arkansas on Saturday, they are not bowl eligible. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's kind of the back against the wall mentality there, right? Oh, uh, New Mexico State. I'm talking about Arkansas will not be. Bowl oh. Eligible. That's Sorry. what I meant. Back against the wall. No, Auburn's going bowling. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. It's just whether it's the Birmingham Bowl or it's the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. I haven't. I haven't figured that one out yet. Come on. Or the New City Bowl. That's what I'm rooting for. But it's neither here nor there. No reason. Not that I just love Nashville. Uh, you, but, you don't want to see Hugh Freeze just down a down a gallon of mayonnaise. You're so right. You're so right. Um, I, the the big thing is on Saturday um, when you look at the actual. I'm um, getting back to the X's and O's with the Arkansas offense. Can you force KJ Jefferson in to throw the ball uh, in, into that secondary and force him to turn it over? 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions, which at two to one ratio is like fine. It's very mid, very average. Um, completion percentage at 65%. I believe that's significantly below his career average. I don't have that number directly in front of me, but I think it's significantly below. Um, and this Arkansas offense just doesn't have the weapons that they've had in years past. Uh, now, granted, you've got to play QB contain. Uh, with with KJ Jefferson moving the football, we saw that Auburn didn't do that very well against Jaden Daniels. Also, didn't do it tremendously well against Carson Beck. Um, so, 
there's uh, there's certainly room for concern on on, the, on that side of the ball. But it's whether or not Auburn, in my opinion, it all boils down to what we're about to talk about here in a second, Dylan. Can Auburn establish and really rely on its run game against this Arkansas defense, go on the road, manage the clock, and kind of use the pass game strategically? You want to implement the downfield pass? We've seen the, over the past two games that Hugh Freeze and company, they're kind of dedicated to that now. Um, and that's fine. That's great and good. But can you still rely on your run game to open up the pass game? Uh, and can this offensive line get back to where we think they can play? Uh, that's 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 the biggest question mark for me. And I'm not entirely sure. I'm not ready to give my score prediction because we're not on our pregame show yet. But um, you'll you'll see where my, my my thoughts lie when we get coming down the stretch this week. I don't even know when exactly I'll be ready to say my <laughs> prediction for this game. Saturday I at about 8 p.m. I'll give you Saturday at about 5.59 p.m. That'll okay. be about when the game is getting ready to be over with. Uh, and I'm trying to get some last-minute stats pulled up for the Arkansas. Uh, they rank 47th in pass defense and 43rd in rush defense. They're allowing oh, did you also just discover that the Arkansas website actually sucks ba- really bad for their team statistics? Uh, I'm on NCAA. So. Yeah, then. there you go. I'm on a worst organization's website. You're on the NCAA website that looks like it was built in 2006 and never changed. But anyways. Yep. Uh, but that gets into the next topic. Talking about Jarquez Hunter. Uh, Arkansas is currently allowing 129 yards on the ground per game. And that that is after they have played teams such as, let me pull up the thing, uh, LSU, known for their ability to run the ball, A&M, Ole Miss, and Alabama, and Florida. So the question here is, can Jarquez Hunter get to 1,000 rushing yards after his last two weeks of actually returning to what we expect Jarquez Hunter to look like? I think the answer is no. I think it's close, but I think no. Um, you come down the stretch here, and this really he plays a big role. Uh, this Arkansas game has everything to do with it, in my opinion. Uh, if you can rush for 100 against Arkansas, you're in good shape because you're going to get the bowl game if you play it. We all yeah. presume that he will. He needs more film. Uh, so that is – certainly in the in the balance and he's certainly Auburn's best chance at a thousand yard rusher but it's almost like too little too late in my opinion he's at 636 yards right now I'm looking so at he, the same numbers you are so if he, let's say he gets like a nice little 170 uh versus like New Mexico State uh, that would get you up to what 800 so you'd yeah. only you would only need a hundred from Arkansas and Alabama to get there and or, put that up. It's like or, 120 a game. Or if you if you go for 170 against New Mexico State, then you can just grab 50 from uh, Arkansas and 50 from Bama and hang put 100 yards up in the bowl game, depending on who you play, especially if Auburn gets matched up with an ACC opponent. Facts. Which, Very facts. By the way, it's going to be an ACC or a Big Ten opponent. Um, I feel pretty pretty good about that. Um, I don't. It, Auburn's not going to Birmingham Bowl, folks. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Darn. Birmingham Bowl versus UCF would be pretty funny, <laughs> but I doubt. I, I like our I like our chances in a bowl game versus Gus Malzahn. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, well, UCF fans are calling for him to be fired now. So that's crazy. Well, you jump. We might the, need we might need an OC. <laughs> you jump to the big to you jump to the Big Twelve, and you're like, wow, we're gonna hang with you. No, you're not. You're not. Anyways, it's neither here nor there. Hey, you were high on the UCF team preseason. Yeah, I was. And then they looked solid the first few weeks. And then they kind of just fell apart and it came clear that they really just aren't deep enough to be able to hang yet. Speaking of teams we felt we were very low on, though, uh, your Oklahoma State Cowboys? I mean, Gundy's coaching for his job. 
he's coaching for an extension right now. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Oklahoma State loses again. They're still going to think about firing him, just so you know. Six just, and three? does not matter. I they, I'm telling you, I'm very much in the Oklahoma State sphere. I'm, I'm very much in, submersed into their sphere, and people are sick and tired, um, which is unfortunate because that mullet is gorgeous. Anyways, back to Auburn football. They're putting kind of, kind of a little bow on this. It's all all, all, all all hanging in the balance, I think, in this Arkansas game. You've really got to have a really good game if you're Jarquez Hunter. But it really is not just him. I think Auburn's going to run the ball extremely well. Uh, and that kind of pairs into, you're going to mention the, the issues with Auburn's offense, which is like kind of all of it. But it starts with the run game, in my opinion. So your your takeaway is, Dylan, on, on how does Auburn fix the Auburn offense um, in terms of consistency? Because I am convinced that there will never be four quarters of it. Yeah, and I talked to John Conley uh, on the live stream on Sunday, and I think that you see the send Amari Kelly, Valdo, uh, even Jay Fair, uh, Shane Hooks. They just need to spend the first couple practices of this week and just at the start of practice, uh, go to the uh, automatic uh, football thrower machine, uh, catch 100 balls at the start of practice, and then at the end of practice, uh, do the same thing uh, and do that every week. Uh, right. I do it every day. Uh, maybe even do it in between practice, like uh, on your little on a, on a little water break, and just go over there and do that real quick. It starts with the drops because if you want to pass the ball, kind of got to catch the ball. That's kind of yin know, and yang of of wanting to run a pass offense. I know a lot of people were given given Peyton Thorne some 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 real slander this week um, because not all of his passes were on the money. This receiver group really showed what they were made of on Saturday, and it's not impressive. Um, Yes, there were some bad throws made by Peyton Thorne, but a lot of them were still catchable. A lot of them were still catchable. And then when he hits you in the numbers and you drop the ball, I don't want to talk about what could have been six on a deep strike. I don't want to talk about that. When he hits you in the hands and you just watch it hit the ground and all you do is reach and grab your helmet and just in disbelief, I want you to know every fan in the stadium is mimicking you at that moment because they feel the same way. Um, He didn't get any help. Like, yeah, let's, per, let's not pretend. Per Nathan King, Q Free says that Auburn staff counted seven drops. Seven. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe don't eat any kind of greasy food or butter for the entirety of the week, just to make sure that you don't have any kind of uh, disadvantage there, because um, the butterfinger bug is bad right now on this on this receiving core, and it's not that they're not getting separation. It's not that Peyton Thorne's delivering exclusively uncatchable footballs. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm he's far from it, and, I, and we all know that. But he didn't play bad enough football to look that bad. He did. He 17 to 27. So they counted seven drops. If those seven passes get caught, he's he 24, 24 for 27 for about 250 yards and an extra, touchdown. An extra touchdown. I will say, I think one of the drops, I'm gonna, I'd put more blame on Thorne for one of the drops because they will he throw an absolute rocket straight to Damari Alston's chest. Not not like a not like a little shovel pass or right. a simple a simple pass. He threw a rocket straight and to Damari Alston. There were a couple that were behind the receiver, but if you get both hands on it, it's no longer your quarterback's fault. Yeah. In my opinion. In my opinion. The, the the Amari Kelly should have been that should have been six no matter what. And the right. Camden Brown thing, he just missed time in the jump. And you can't get that from a 50-50 ball receiver. That that's something that's gotta be fixed as well. It's inexcusable. Yeah. And also, start, this also needs to be fixed with the offensive line. I mean, you you, you get a lot of props for what Connor Lou did. I think Connor Lou was amazing. 
But outside of Connor Lou, you can't run through the B gap with this team. The the guards and the tackles just break down. You can't run around the end because the tackles just aren't getting the exterior blocks that you need to run the ball around in. Brian Petit has been nowhere to be seen in this offense since like week what four five. Like I've not heard Brian Petit's name that much except whenever he finally gets a ball returned. Another issue uh, that we can talk about: Alex McPherson, great kicker. Maybe let Chapman take the kickoffs. Oh yeah, not putting him in the end zone. He's just not. He's putting him out of bounds. Yeah. Like, dude. I, I I that's another issue, but it comes down to you just got to get back to practice, get get right, get back and, to the fundamentals. Exactly. The things that's wrong with this Auburn offense can be fixed in like a week or two. You just got to get get your chemistry back up. You have Connor Lou now, so get with him. Learn how to block from Connor Lou because right now this freshman, this true freshman, is the best blocker on the team. And I don't know how to feel about that, but I'm I like it. But also the same sense, I'm also terrified uh, because I'm just looking ahead a little bit, not completely. Uh, Dallas Turner for Alabama uh, has been known to headshot some people, i.e. Jaden Daniels. And as much as I've given a lot of crap to Peyton Thorne, I'd rather not see him get his head knocked off because a left or right tackle potentially missed a block. Right. Can't be having that against Alabama. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're 100% correct. That's uh it's it starts with uh you know getting back to the fundamentals and uh right now here 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 you go Dylan you'll like this one right now there's no need for this wide receiver room to get a flu shot because they can't catch a cold um so get that figured out AS, asap rocky and and otherwise you're going to be in for some tough sledging in an ugly it's going to be an ugly game against arkansas anyways let's not kid ourselves an ugly ugly game against arkansas a miserable experience of false hope against New Mexico State, and then an absolute wake-up call against Alabama. So it's it's are not. We, right. Are we ready to boog on uh, on November twenty fourth? Boog? Nope. nope. Not yet. Nope. Nope. Not yet. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say Tar. I, I understand uh, all the negativity coming out about the Auburn football team. I completely understand that. I feel the same way. But do you know something not to be negative about Auburn hoops? And- Auburn hoops. And, and the College Loop War Report co-branded uh, Feel Loopy t-shirt. There you go. The College Loop War Report branded t-shirt. The Feeling Loopy shirt. I'm trying to find it for all of you out there. There we go. The Feeling Loopy t-shirt on sale for only $25 on the warreport.com. Go to the shop and get your own Feeling Loopy shirt today. Only $25. Most comfortable shirt you will ever wear in your entire life. If you find a more comfortable shirt, you're lying to yourself. So go get your own Feeling Loopy shirt today. And when you do, put it up on Twitter with the hashtag Feeling Loopy because then we'll see it. Also tag us in it and we'll actually, we'll very much see it then. And you get a nice little shout out. I know of now three people that were still waiting. I know James Barnett doesn't have a Twitter. but he if he DM it to us on Facebook. Exactly. Just DM it to us on Facebook. We'll see it. Also got or Instagram. email it to us at thecollegeloop1. That's fine. At gmail.com. I'm not joking. If you want to, go ahead. With this hashtag still. With this hashtag still. I would also know Mr. John Conley has his shirt and a friend of mine from high school, Mr. Claiborne, uh, also has his. So, love to see it. We could have three shout outs in the same show. That's right. Let's see them. But yeah, sorry, you're right. 
it is officially basketball season. As of today. As of today, it is time for men's basketball. Women's basketball, again, we will be talking about on Thursday because we are recording this an, an hour before their game tips off. But, of course, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, Cheney Johnson, Chad Baker-Rosara, Janai Broom, Jay Will, Katie Johnson, Leor Berman, Bruce Pearl, they are back for games that we are allowed to talk about out loud and can watch them from our own homes. The comfort of your own home. Auburn basketball is taking on number 20 Baylor uh, tonight as this game is coming, as this show is coming out. And uh, where, where would they be squaring off? Nowhere else other than uh, North Dakota. So um, that's super cool. Apparently the stadium's in the shape of a Pentagon. I saw that earlier today. Thank you, Justin Ferguson. Let, I, I want to take a minute. We know a lot about this Auburn team. Let's take a look at this, this Baylor team. Um, for a first second here and, and just discuss why they are people are so high on them coming into this year. First off, Baylor over, over the past, course of the past half decade or so has really been one of the forces to be reckoned with in college basketball. And they've become one of those really actually Auburn-esque standards in terms of, I mean, obviously Baylor did compete for national championship, ultimately got hardware, but they have been kind of the rise of Baylor basketball or the return and resurgence of, of Baylor basketball. This year alone, they've got four newcomers to the team that people are super, super high on. And it begins with Jacoby Walker, uh, the shooting guard out of Branson, Missouri, the five-star 98 composite per 24-7. And uh, stand at 6'5", 180, he's a problem. Uh, he's, he's not your one guard. He's not necessarily the ball handler or facilitator, but he is a knockdown shooter, three-level scorer, scorer. Excuse me. Then you roll over to Myra Little, uh, the point guard out of Wichita, Kansas, who is only just a four-star 94 composite. And, uh, yeah, number two player in his state. 41 uh, prospect in the country. Mind you, I'll go back for a second. Jacoby Walker, number eight prospect in the United States. And you roll up to uh, Missy. I cannot pronounce it. I think it's Yves Missy out of Napa, California. The 6'10 center, only a 94 composite, only the 42nd player in the class. And then you bring in Giannis uh, Ninjaga um, from New Mexico Military Institute out of Roswell, um, New Mexico, playing power forward. He's standing at 6'8 and one of the higher uh, rated transfers in, in the country. This team is super, super, super deep. They've got a great mixture of young guys, of experience, of experienced guys, and, and a lot of people within this program, whether that be players and coaching staff, light with a ton of meaningful basketball experience. This group, and Bruce Pearl said it in his press conference leading up to this week, is going to be a rude awakening for Auburn basketball. That can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. Uh, it could go either way. Auburn's going to learn a lot about themselves tonight. And I know that a lot of people are kind of like probably sitting here thinking I'm a negative Nelly. I think this is great. I think this is actually the best way you can start your season is by getting smacked right in the mouth. I think that is there's tremendous value in that because you're playing a team that you're going to see teams of this caliber and better, not just in March, but within your own conference. Let's not forget the SEC has really transitioned over to being one of one of, if not the premier conferences in college basketball. There is a reason that Vegas opened up much bigger than where they're at right now um, for, for uh, Baylor to take down Auburn spread. I think you said Dylan is one and a half. So a bucket right now, yeah. but uh, the FPI still got Baylor at a 56% chance to win this game as we're recording this show. And there's a reason that this group has played together before. And then you add on, let's just be frank guys, more on the paper talent than what Auburn brought in. That's not me saying that Auburn's not over uberly talented. They absolutely are. Uh, Aiden Holloway is going to be absolutely special. We know what Jabron Broom can do, and you listed off the rest of the guys. Denver Jones, we think, is going to be as advertised. There is a lot that Auburn has to do right. 
if they want to squeak away a win. And when I say squeak away, it's going to be a close ball game if Auburn wins this one. If Baylor wins this one, it can be anywhere between a one-point victory and a 20-point victory. And I say that just because I think they're more set up for success right now. Coming down the stretch, if this game is in like January or February, don't I feel completely different. Completely different. Oh, for sure. But I love this game being in November. I really do. Get hit in the mouth and figure it out. Um, The huge, huge opportunity. Now, Dylan, my question to you is, how does it play into Auburn's favor knowing that you'll have Janai and Aiden Holloway, Janai Broom and Aiden Holloway, both healthy for this game? Now, Aiden Holloway and Janai both will be watched like a hawk because it is still too early uh, to to be playing guys um, on injury. It's way too early. I said still, as if the season's even started. It's way too early to be playing guys on injury. But how big of an impact can those guys make in terms of closing out perimeter shooting that's going to be good on this Baylor team and stopping three-level scores? Oh, I mean, Janai Broom is one of the best players in the country for a reason. And having him is going to be very beneficial if he is, again, if he's not even 80%, limit his minutes. I think we saw enough from Dylan Cardwell, be it the exhibition game, to where I kind of, I, I want to be. I want this to be the game where Dylan Carbo can prove to us that he is trustworthy enough as the backup five. Uh, that's been a that's been probably the most difficult position for Auburn to really uh, recruit to this team is a secondary five to get whoever's starting off off the floor uh, as much. Uh, we saw the last year and I broom Dylan Carbo. We saw that two years ago, three years ago now. Uh, two, year ago, two years ago, Walker Kessler and Dylan Cardwell, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, so you just kind of find a way to to make sure that Janai Broom gets out of this game. Because no matter what happens, if, if you if you find a way to upset Baylor, it's a quad one win, I, I believe. And if you end up losing, but you stayed, stayed uh, close to Baylor, it's a quad one loss. And so either way, I don't think it's a bad win, or, or I don't think it's a bad loss. Uh, I think it's more of a great. It'd be a great win if Auburn could pull it out. But if you if you get both Janai and Aiden, I think you have the defense. And I think you have the offense to keep yourselves in this game for a good chunk uh, of uh, of the forty minutes. I agree, and 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 here's the reality of, of things, folks. Um, do not overreact if Auburn loses this game this evening. And as a matter of fact, here in a moment, I'm going to pick them to lose this evening. Um, and that's not because I'm not you know booging or whatever you want to say. It's just because this team's not played a ton of basketball together. But there's a couple things and a couple of, I think, legitimate reasons that I that I have to, to believe that Auburn can really hang in this one and sneak out with a win. And let me make sure it's crystal clear. It hurts you way less um, to if you lose this game than it would help you if you win, if that makes sense. Um, I think that this is one of those low-risk, high-reward opportunities that you get um, in college. And that's the beauty of college basketball is that you have these early, if you schedule a tough slate, you have these early opportunities to be ready for the toughest conference play in the country, period, in point blank period. And and what's going to be a congested SEC with Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, um, Alabama's thrown probably not going to be in the mix this year. You guys can be thankful about that. But Texas A&M and Buzz Williams, um, we don't know what Mike White's cooking over at Georgia. He's got received the commitment of two five-stars. In the past uh, past month, I mean, and then who knows what Florida's going to look like? You never know um, with with Golden and the um, the Bruce Pearl lineage. But still, this game right here, the so the silver lining is that you get the opportunity for these guys to mesh together against high level opponents. And if you're looking for a reason to have some health, uh, it's not health, but hope. Well, you should always be looking for a reason to have health. But if you're if you're looking for a reason to have some hope, this team did beat the ever living shit out of Furman. 
um, in, in, in a top secret scrimmage. I know that there are some of you guys that are sitting there going, well, yeah, it's Furman. Let's not forget this is the same Furman team that shocked the entire world in the NCAA tournament last year by taking down Virginia. This is the same Furman team that is a perennial powerhouse in the SOCON, which is not a joke in basketball, might I remind you, of Mercer upsetting Duke. It's it, This is not a, a, a win to sneeze at. And I know it's a you know, preseason, you get different minutes, whatever. But if they're playing like that against opponents that are going to be in the March Madness tournament, are going to be automatic bid receivers, you should feel pretty good about Auburn's chances to hang with a premier op- opponent uh, on a neutral site. You never know. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and give our score predictions, Dylan. I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I remember, I think one of the first times we actually did a prediction, like a score prediction for a game, it was our basketball game. And I remember, I maybe bugged a little too much for I even know what the word bug meant. And I remember you kind of called me out on that because I think I picked Auburn to win a game like 80-something to 70. And then you slapped me in the face and told me that Auburn wasn't going to put up 80. Uh, almost never. So I, I've been thinking about it. And I I really want to pick Auburn to win, but I just don't think they can. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they can. I don't think they will. Uh, but give me Baylor 72 Auburn, let's go 64. You would take my almost exactly my score. I'm going to have to flex, flex mine a little bit. I'm now going <laughs> to, I was going to go 72 61. I like 71 60. Uh, Baylor, I do think that this is a, a double digit win for, for Baylor. That still counts. That's close enough that that is a quad one loss. And yes, we are counting quad one wins and losses in November because that is what contenders do. And that's where you're at under Bruce Pearl. Um, that being said, Auburn could mess around and you know shoot well from from three from from the perimeter. If if Aiden has a good game, if Trey has a good game, if if Denver has a good game, hang hangs hangs eighty points and wins this ball game. You hang eighty, I think you win. It's just it's just depends on um, how much Baylor's able to score at will. Um, yeah, because I mean, look, no matter how good your defense is, this is one of the the premier three level scoring teams in college basketball. I think twenty is criminally underrating Baylor. I really do. I I had them in my top fifteen this year. Um, so. I mean, how much does playing in the mountains affect the uh, altitude needed to make a three pointer? You know, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, there will, I'm sure there will be dozens of fans there. Um, and to, to enjoy the interesting non con um, first game of the season, this is a way to really, really test, play. really test how, how far fans are willing to travel for, for Auburn athletics. And well, there's that. There's that. Um, this game has like, it's unfortunate that Auburn's playing Baylor instead of like a Michigan State because this has like a Tom Izzo disaster written all over it. Um, but um, unfortunately, um, that's not the case. And I love Tom Izzo for the record, but like that—that that has like a how does Tom Izzo lose this game vibe going on. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I know exactly what Tom. <laughs> like that—that that, that has that vibe. Like, like how does if Coach K was still coaching? Like, how does? How does uh how does Coach K find a way to hang eighty and lose? Like <laughs> that that feels possible. <laughs> Tom Crean's Indiana team wins sixty one to fifty two, like something stupid like that. That's Tom. Who, uh, Tom uh, I was say Tom Crean in Indiana. <laughs> no, but I was saying that would be like an Indiana Tom Crean. When, when, Tom Crean was very successful in Indiana for very long. I've time. I've always forget that he was at Indiana. I, yeah, no, I that, only. This not this neutral site has like Tom Crean versus Tom Izzo written all over it, and I, I wish we could step back in time and do that. the Tom the Tom game, the Battle of the Toms. Yes, the the yes the Tom off, if you will. <laughs> so, um, that being said, we're both going to pick Baylor to to beat Auburn this evening. 
Um, I'll be honest, Dylan. I think you can learn way more from a loss in this situation than you can with a win. Oh. I'm never rooting for one. I'm never rooting for one ever. I, that, that's the key for all sports. You always know what you need. You if you win, you think that you're doing something right all the way, like all the way through. Right. But if you lose, you know what you need to work on getting into it. And I think with Auburn's tough like non-con slate. A loss this early isn't going to hurt you because, I mean, you're still going to be playing, what, USC? Uh, what Big Ten team are we playing again? North, Indiana. North, North, Indiana, okay. Yeah, Indiana. Uh, one of the Which, Blue Bloods. The Hoosiers look good this year. Yeah. And they're about to uh, dedicate the entire season to uh, Mr. Bob Knight. May he right. rest in peace. Uh, but, yeah, you learned a lot more from a loss than you do a win. Also, before we try, uh, switch over to um, baseball for just a second here, I do want to throw in some non-Auburn basketball news um, within the SEC. This is relevant. Um, South Carolina played a very close game. Uh, number six, South Carolina women's basketball played a very close game with number 10, number 10, Notre Dame, and beat them by 35. So South Carolina's back, just, just so everybody knows. Um, I think six is a ridiculously low rating. It's going to be LSU, South Carolina again this year. Anyways, let's – Let's let's uh, flip until over. Coach Jay gets. Yeah, yeah. Let's flip over real quick and talk a little bit about um, how this is now a Chicago Cubs hate podcast. Um, I have no idea what this. I know David Ross says, but I don't know. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cook for a second here. Um, so today, the Chicago Cubs mutually parted ways with David Ross, um, and I am a little bit baffled at the fact that they decided David Ross was a problem when they were one win away from getting a wild card bid. And they've had quite literally players that are not much better than Dylan and I uh, for the past two years. Um, I understand um, that, you know, you, can't, you, you, you fall short. This is the first year that he's had a competent roster. The first year you go out and go get a guy like a Dansby Swanson to, to bolster that roster. Um, David Ross is not a bad manager and he should receive another opportunity. Um, in, in Major League Baseball. I also want to remind the Cubs organization that this is what happens, the, the backlash you're receiving from your fans and the tremendous amount of people that are telling you that this was just not the problem. This is what happens when you hire a guy that helped you win your first World Series in over 100 years. This is why you don't hire people that you can't fire. Um, and, and, and that is... A textbook definition, it's like when a head coach gets a job at their alma mater, right, in, in college football, to put it in football terms, and you can't fire the SOB because people love him. People love David Ross for a reason. He got a lot out of this Cubs team that was not that good. I had the Cubs finishing fourth in, in, the, in the Central this year. Third would have not shocked me. Them almost winning that division was bonkers. Them almost going to the playoffs – with a bunch of Lego people playing ball for them was absurd. I don't get it, and the Cubs can actually just kiss my ass. I, I will firmly not be supporting them whatsoever at this point because I it's not just an Auburn connection for me as much as what in the world are you doing? Uh, giving a head coach three years and saying, yeah, you're going to be our manager um, during a rebuild, and then we're going to fire you. Um, that didn't sit well with me. And, uh, yeah, that's my whole spiel on why I am now a firmly anti-Chicago Cubs um, stand. If you would like a lar size large Chicago Cub t-shirt, I have two of them, and they're yours. Um, so I, I bought them because David was coaching. Like, I, I'm going to support Rossi. 
And then they do this. And you know what? They can kiss my butt because he's going to be awesome on the SEC Network college college, college, college baseball this spring. It's not happened yet, but it's going to. Dude, a David Ross, Greg Olson. Greg ball. Olson broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to watch the game. I'm just going to listen. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Just lay, lean back in, in your chair and just. Be serenaded. Exactly. By, by two of the greatest Pers- uh, not just athletes, but personalities to come through that Auburn <laughs> baseball uh, program. All right. When did when did, they, did David Ross play? I know he's old. Did he play with Greg by chance? Uh, I think they missed by a matter of years. I like but, I, it would have been it would have had to been more than that because David Ross retired in 2016. Uh, that's right. I, I think I, oh Ross was part of that like 1990 something Florida State game. Mm-hmm. Where he had a, where he had a home run into the field behind it. Yeah, ninety nine. Sure, I'd have I'm to. Trying, my Andy Burcham told us. Andy Burcham told us, like in oh, class, sure. it's, his, it's his favorite Auburn memory. Exactly. I think Auburn. it was like late nineties, and Greg definitely played in like the eighties. Yes. Yeah. They missed, Frank. They missed each other by a little bit of a wide margin, but yeah, um, got, definitely played against game. each other in the bigs, though. Oh, for sure. So that's pretty cool. All right, rounding show, rounding up the show. Um, Auburn soccer obviously missing the uh, NCAA tournament. Correct. Tell me if I'm wrong there, Dylan. Uh, I believe that is factual because I, thought, I want to make sure that I read that. Very rough end of the season, eight, seven, and five. Um, uh, and Auburn five. volleyball couldn't be heading in a different direction. I mean, winners of four straight uh, heading into uh, uh, Kentucky this week or tomorrow as the show is coming out on Tuesday. They'll take on team um, and five. That's right. Take on Kentucky. Um, tomorrow night at the Nev, and then they get Missouri on Sunday. They are looking down the home stretch here with just three, six, six regular season matches remaining, uh, and still very much in the mix. They're going to need a little help. They do get the opportunity to uh, play Arkansas one more time at the end of the season, which that could be weird. That could get weird um, if Auburn keeps keeps playing the way that they've been playing. Uh, then they're they're going to find themselves right there in the in, in the healthy mix. Uh, coming coming down the stretch, uh, Jeff Graber and company, and abs. I mean, that guy's just unbelievable. I, I've I've been nothing short of blown away by how much the resurgence of this, how much of success the resurgence of this program has been. Graber, not Graber. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Brent Crouch. Which I mean, I mean, listen, gymnastics is coming up. Listen, I mean, I, it's not like entirely out of the picture. I will I will put it here. Um, Auburn January twelfth. <laughs> Brent Crouch in Auburn volleyball. My apologies, sorry guys. I was thinking of goaded coaches on Auburn's campus. Just being honest, two of the better coaches on Auburn's campus. Um, Auburn does currently sit at eight and four in the conference. Uh, they're right behind Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky. As as uh, respectively, Kentucky sitting at eleven and one in the conference. Arkansas eleven and two. Tennessee ten and two. That being said, Auburn did uh, did. Does the the only opponent that they have left that's not in that grouping again would be Tennessee. So if they get a little bit of help and play the way they've been playing coming down the stretch, I mean Auburn's right there in the mix. Um, I don't I don't know that it's in the cards. I don't think it's mathematically probable. I think it's hardly mathematically possible. But for them to be in this kind of contention already is is spectacular, and I would be shocked. If within the next couple of years we don't see Auburn hang a banner for an SEC championship at Neville Arena for volleyball, and it's going to be awesome. So it, again, Auburn volleyball plays against Kentucky tonight at six thirty. So if you're free at six thirty tonight, go support nope, your tomorrow. Auburn. It's Wednesday. 
Kentuckians. They, they, they play Kentucky. Ah, uh, tomorrow. If you're free tomorrow at 630, uh, go to Neville Arena and check out your Auburn Tigers volleyball team. And, of course, if you're free on November 19th, you can also go check them out at 2 o'clock p.m. Uh, against LSU. And, of course, November 22nd, the week of the Iron Bowl, they'll be playing Alabama in Neville Arena. So if you want to get your hater raid all out and about, you can watch the Auburn volleyball take down Alabama. I'd also like to mention that the theme of that game is thankful to be an Auburn Tiger. Because <laughs> it would suck to be whatever a, a tie does. That's right. Whatever a Crimson Tide is. <laughs> That's all we have for the College League podcast today. Uh, if you guys have not, have not already purchased your Feeling Loopy t-shirt, make sure to go to thewarreport.com. You can grab that link in any of our descriptions for any of our shows. Pick up your very own College Loop Warreport co-branded t-shirt. Feeling Loopy, most com- comfortable shirt you'll ever own. Use hashtag Feeling Loopy on the Bird app. Whenever you purchase it, if you do not have the bird app, not a problem. Send it to us on Facebook or email it to us if you feel so inclined. That's just at thecollegeloop1 at gmail.com. We'll be happy to include that on our next stream. I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on the bird app if you want to come hang out with me. But more importantly, if you want to come hang out with the show, check us out on at, at the College Loop. But before you do that, don't give me the rundown on where to find us everywhere. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and ring the bell on the YouTube. Let me, let me get my YouTube spell real quick. Let me, uh, let me just tell everybody, hit like, subscribe, ring the bell, drop your comments. If you want to go ahead and start dropping your Arkansas-Auburn scores, go right ahead. Give us your Arkansas-Baylor scores. Um, that's something we can discuss. I think we'll probably wind up doing something very similar uh, about closest to the score uh, contest as we have done to, to this point. Give us your feedback on if you're watching the show for whatever reason during or after the Auburn-Baylor game, what your thoughts are. We'll address those best takes um, and worst takes uh, on, on Thursday's show, and we'll make sure we break that down. Um, as we get to watch the Auburn Tigers at the same time you guys do. Thank you guys for your continual support. The number one way you can support the show is to subscribe here on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, that's completely okay. We appreciate you. Give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the rating platform is on your platform of choice for streaming the show. We appreciate your ongoing support. You guys are the reason we're able to keep doing what we're doing, and, and we have the best listeners on planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy and all surrounding galaxies. I am fully convinced you guys blow me away week in, week out. Thank you guys so much. Love yourselves. Love each other. Take care of your people. Of course. Uh, and Tara, I did just get a comment from uh, the live stream uh, from Sunday. Uh, maybe thir- Thursday we might be giving our all-time starting five for Auburn hoops. Okay. All-time, all-time starting five plus six man and head coach. And I think we both might have the same head coach. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, of course. Yeah, Tony Barbie. Like... Can't even say the straight face. All right. Well, I'm Dylan Lark at you with a tank on Twitter slash X at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. I've kicked her off for saying that. Surprise, shouty. <laughs> and of course, you have me on Instagram as well at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-E-R-C-K. And you also have us literally everywhere. You have to try on YouTube at the College Loop, which is like, comment, and subscribe. Also have us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram twice. So cool. Uh, Twitter slash X, all at the College Loop. Also have a couple of link trees out and about on those social medias where you can go get your own Feeling Loopy shirt and go subscribe. And follow us literally everywhere you want. Rate us five stars. Uh, give us thumbs up. You likes, comments, everything that supports the show. And of course, with all of that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. Love you guys. Go basketball.